Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is to come across your broadcast and be with you today. We've been going on talking about uh, basically working with children who may have PTSD, who may have parents that have PTSD. We brought our dear friend Betsy Resner with us, and uh, she's on the journey here with me on the phone today. And again, we're talking about how, you know, to train children, how to develop them up and You know, we're trying to look at this in such a way that Betsy's actually looking at videos and curriculum and all those kinds of things. So I'm just kind of going to be bleeding from her brain. Kevin's online, but he's, we, we've decided that my limited brain with my ADHD, OCD, and DUMB can only handle one person at a time. So this, this call is just going to be with Betsy and good morning, Betsy. Good morning. How's things going for you? They're going well, thanks. How are things for you? Oh, it's the dream. You know, how come every time I'm talking to you, there's always a bit of laughing going on in the background? I, I, I'm not sure, but I think you got a little bit of the funny bug in your life. I just want to share that with you. And uh, I, I wish you could share that with some pretty depressed people I know. You know, <laughs> You're, She's a good laugher, folks. That's all I'm trying to say here. And uh, uh, she's, she, she makes me smile. So today we're working on these... Uh, these terms and and uh, uh, the word of the day and the word of the day today is parenting and we're gonna, really this podcast is going to be about parenting from my perspective and from Betsy's perspective how we can help train people in those local churches, in their homes, how we can invest more, how we can do those things like train up a child on the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, uh, but bring them up and nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, and I mean, it's telling us in Titus to, in all things, showing themselves a pattern of good works. And over and over again in the Bible, uh, Betsy's God's telling us that we need to train children and we need to love children and we need to care for children. And uh, how are we doing with that in our churches today and those people you've worked with? And I know I, I should say that Betsy spent a lot of time as a missionary in a foreign country training up children. She's spent a lot of time here in churches and stuff. So how does this all look to you? How are we doing? Well, it's it's always an individual thing, right? Every every person is different. Every child is different. Right. And, um, you know, you just sometimes you run up against a child that is just, totally different from anything you've ever met before. And, um, there are some parents doing a great job of training their children, loving them by God's grace, not perfect, but doing their best. And then there are a lot of parents that we're in a sin curse world. So it just goes to follow. We're going to have parents who maybe aren't doing their best or who maybe are just struggling to see, um, maybe the long-term consequences of their decisions. And I know, I have the privilege of sending the children home (laughs) at the end of the day. Um, I can always do something with them and then send them home. And I don't have to keep dealing with an issue on an ongoing basis. And I know that that has got to be 
frustrating to deal with a child that just does not want to get it in an area. But um, I've also been blessed to see some parents who just have a gift for understanding that we need to be consistent and we need to do our best to maybe not make everything a rule, but just choose our rules wisely and stick with them and understand that training is an ongoing process. It takes 18 years or more to get a child from a baby to an adult. And so um, I would just like to encourage parents, you know, don't get discouraged. It is a long process growing and it's going to take time. Yeah. And and I don't want to discourage parents either, but I want to tell you that my kids are grown and uh, married. Well, the oldest is married, youngest out on their own, own their own homes, you know, working in life, jobs, all that stuff. And I still feel like I, I, I have a role with my children. I still feel like I should advise and love them and in a different kind of way. Of course, I'm not, you know, if you don't do this, you're, uh, I'm taking away your Game Boy. I can't say, you know, I'm taking away your cars and your house <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> that they own and they bought. But I guess, Betsy, I, I really want to, I want to zero in on a couple questions with you. And I appreciate you being uh, so willing to answer these things and, I mean, can you tell when you're with, uh, uh, for instance, when you get a new group of kids at the beginning of the year and you're training them, can you tell the ones that um, really have good, strong biblical parents? Can Do you feel like you can tell that? Yes. Yes. And you what, can spot it immediately. And what are the, what are the things that that makes you spot those things? What are the things that say, man, these parents are doing a good job. What are those things that pop up, you think? Um, one thing would be being able to follow directions. Yeah. But um, even, even children not in a stable home can have a personality that will give lend itself to following directions. But usually it's the attitude that comes with it of being willing to listen they're, they're used to that stable environment where an adult is giving them choices within protected limitations. And so um, generally they're more open because they are in a stable home. They're more open to participating in things. Again, personality plays into that too. They could be very shy, but they're usually more willing to communicate. They're usually more willing to um, obey just, you know, do what you ask them to do and understand I'm not asking you to do this because I'm trying to lord it over you. We're just trying to maintain some stability within this classroom. And this is how things are going to work in this setting. And it's, it's always a joy to work with those kids. And usually they're the ones that don't need babysitters. Yeah. Yeah. So some people obviously show up at these things to be babysat, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, hey, but let you know me throw what? these kids over there and, and uh, we'll go out to lunch. Yeah. But but those are the kids that need the help and they need the love and they need that structure. So I a long time ago, I tried to change my attitude towards the parents and just focus more on the kids and say, okay, these kids, obviously, they need some structure in their lives. So, Lord, what would you have me do to help provide that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, 
there it is. I mean, there's not necessarily abuse going on. I'm trying to say what I'm saying, but there is. So, you know, we may not be physically abusing somebody. We may not be mentally abusing somebody, but we as Christians, we as people of God, we as parents have a responsibility to see these little people's needs. Uh, You know, again, kids are a heritage, the Bible says, of the Lord. They're, you know, they're the fruit of the womb is his reward. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we're being told that we should correct them, love them, um, all these different things, but that there, you know, I had someone tell me one time, you know, there's no manual on how to raise a kid. And of course, you know, I said, well, I, I can go grab you one. It's called the Bible. But I mean, is there a book or something where people, yeah, I'm sorry, but is there a book or something where somebody's put together Bible verses and things of that nature to kind of help people when they're raising their kids? You know, I've seen a lot of different resources out there, so I don't know that I could specifically recommend one or another, yeah. but the Bible really is the best. My my pastor used to say it it's our manual for life. It explains to us how life works and how we're supposed to live it. And I always encourage parents, Proverbs is just such a great book to get practical advice from. Um, You know, a soft answer turns away wrath. And I heard a pastor once say, and that does not mean a rotten tomato. That's not a soft answer. (laughs) (laughs) But um, just learning that when, when you're angry or when your child is angry, to not return that explosive energy and to just calmly... And I tell the kids all the time in my class, calmly and controlled, I need you to, I, you, maybe you can't help that you feel a certain way. And if you explain a situation to me, I might be upset too. So I don't blame the children for how they're feeling, but I do tell them, you need to tell me with a calm and controlled voice. And it's wonderful how so many things that seem crises suddenly go away when Miss Betsy says, could you please repeat that in a calm and controlled voice? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's one of these times being cerebral is a good thing when you're teaching kids, when you're leading kids. I mean, uh, you know, you really don't want a spaz case doing it right. If you're, I mean, you don't want somebody screaming at kids all the time, teaching kids. No, no. And that's, that's one thing that can be very difficult when you've had a bad day and just things are piling up. And then this child is just absolutely on your last nerve, pushing all your buttons and you really want to fly off the handle and just be screaming, you know, don't you understand? And, but you can't do that. And, you know, someone has to be the adult in the situation. And if you're an adult, that's you. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of falls on the person who's older than 21, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the Bible tells us suffer little children to come unto me that means allow them, don't hinder them, you know, don't provoke them to wrath. And I think so often we're so fixed as adults on our agenda of what we want to do in a Sunday school situation or in our homes or on an outing that we aren't paying attention to what's actually going on around us. Kind of like pilots, they talk about how there's this thing where a pilot will often see what he expects to see, not what's actually there. And he'll think that he's got clear airspace and he's clear to land when actually he's not, but he's just, he's seeing what he expects to see. And I think we do that often with kids. And so often I have to pray and ask the Lord to help me be aware 
what what are these child these children's needs today? I have my agenda going into my class, what I want to do, but I need to be aware that they might have something going on that needs to be dealt with. So um, I don't know, maybe you've had experience too working in children's church with kiddos and yeah, and let's you know, getting off track. Yeah, and let's hold that for a minute. We'll be right back and let the stations do what the stations do. We'll be right back with you. Yeah, so great, great words there, uh, Betsy. I, I was liking the way you said, you know, suffer the little children, bring them in, be part of it, uh, love them, care for them. Now, I want to talk about approach. I think that's a really big help for us here, Betsy, is, you, you know, we have a lot of parents that are listening to this podcast, missionaries, pastors, uh, pastors, wives, teachers, you name it, they're out there. There's, these ladies and gentlemen out here, they're, they're everywhere, man. I want you to know there, there'll be people listening to this podcast in Nepal, Africa, Asia. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. And people always, uh, you know, they're trying to learn new approaches, the way they should approach things. What's the approach to putting together a curriculum, which is what we're talking about, right? So what's the approach you take when training children? And let's say, and I know what, are your, what your thoughts are going to come back. And so let's emphasize, let's say 11 years old and below. And there might be a couple different approaches in there. I know, and that's all right. And you can point them out to us. Uh, but let's say, you know, if you're, if you're 12 and above, you're with everybody else. But if you're 11 and below in a church environment, what would be the approach? Well, I would say that the Bible tells us that we learn precepts upon precepts line upon line. And um, the Bible tells us that God has gifted some people as teachers to take a concept and break it down to their level. And so um, sometimes it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of research, because you might know something and how you would explain it to a fellow adult, but to break it down for children, especially when you start getting into areas that you don't want to remove innocence if they are still unaware of things. Although in today's age, there are, there isn't much I won't discuss in a Sunday school class with school-aged children, because unfortunately, even if you protect your children, other children have access to the internet and they're going to know things. Um, but you still want to be careful just in case there is a child that still has a sense of innocence about certain kinds of abuse out there. You don't want to take that away before it's time, but you still want to be able to break the concepts down and help the children to understand exactly what God's word teaches just on their level. So um, it, it can be a challenge, but I believe that God has gifted people to be able to do that, to take yeah. something and help to make it, just to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I to, guess... You know, I just want to follow up with that. That's a really good answer, line by line, precept by precept. So important. And uh, but but I want to I want to follow up on this in this particular way. Uh, do children learn better visually? Do children learn better visually and hearing? Is a, a video atmosphere better? Is a PowerPoint atmosphere better? Is written stuff? I mean, do we mix everything up? I mean, how does somebody who you know who's listening today say you know?
you know, uh, Betsy, what do I do here? Do I, you know, try to grab something in a pre-recorded video type of way? Do I try to, uh, you know, have handouts? Do I try to make it more alive? Do I have examples? And boy, I just hit you with at least a 600 word sentence there. But looking at all that, where, where do we go? Well, again, I think it's looking at the children in your class, your individuals, because different children learn differently. And we know that there are some people divided up into more groups, but there are at least three main kinds of learners. There are auditory learners, visual learners, and kinesthetic, which means moving, doing it yourself. And so um, it's important to try to understand where your kids are at and to try to reach them that way. Now, one thing I learned recently is that an auditory learner not only needs to hear the information, but he also needs to speak it back. He needs to be able to play in his head and then spit it out again. And that's how he's learning, whereas a visual person wants to see it and then wants to recreate it, maybe draw a picture or something, which is where curriculums can really help because generally a curriculum tries to include different things and those physical activities to help reach all the different kinds of learners out there. But I would just encourage somebody who says, you know, I'm trying to help the kids in my class and I'm just not sure how to go about that, you know, pray, ask the Lord to show you what those kids need and then maybe just make it a goal. I know that for me, I can't try to evaluate all my kids even if it's a small class, it's, there's too much going on. I can't try to evaluate all of them, all their needs at once, but I can try to observe one child a Sunday. Yeah. And I can try to, you know, say, okay, Lord, this Sunday, please show me what this child needs. And then if I discover I have an awful lot of auditory learners, then I'm going to know, okay, they're going to want to hear stories and they're going to want to speak them back, which means I'm going to need to give them time in class to be processing out loud. Whereas if I have a lot of kinesthetic learners, man, they're going to want to be acting things out. So let's have charades or let's have them do skits and let's get them moving and get them in a scenario, you know, so, you know, King Saul said this, and then David said this, what do you think you would do in that situation? Well, let's look at what the Bible tells us happened and let's talk about how that can apply to your life in everyday situations. So I think that's the big thing, just understanding that every child is an individual, which means, yeah, it's going to take work, but it's so rewarding to see that light go off in their eyes and to see that they get it yeah. and that they understand it. Yeah, no, I like that. And then the, this concept, one of the things catching you guys up, Betsy, uh, catching the folks up that are listening to us is, you know, so Betsy and I have spoke, she actually knows some people that could do videos with her. So we're looking at the concept of, you know, providing a handout, providing videos, but at the same time, providing the flexibility and the, and the fluidness to, you know, people's vernaculars are different people. Culturally, people learn different things are said different. You know, we're really trying to zero in on things I um along the way I got a master's degree in religious education and looking at these types of things but not really paying a whole lot of attention unfortunately we had one class on uh childhood uh, biblical childhood education and kind of a line of what Betsy just said and I find this is just me when I did things I found that kids really like a cross section of all the things you just mentioned. So, and, and again, you're not trying to bite 
to eat a whole elephant at one sitting. It's different than teaching adults. You're not trying to, uh, ex, you know, maybe you're doing an expository look, which is great, but you're not trying to eat up a whole chapter or you're not, you're, you're taking a precept that's significant, believing in the Lord, uh, you know, equals salvation and, and Jesus loves you and those types of things and these bite-sized things. So, uh, I mean, thinking of that bite-sized thing in a way to kind of put all these things together, uh, Betsy, for the, for the people listening to us it's it's not an uncommon thing right to have different parts of a class that kids are used to and look forward to oh yeah every every child is going to individually gravitate more or less to one part of the class or another and um i had somebody recommend a book to me when i was a teen called i can't wait till sunday morning by ed dunlop i highly recommend it And one of the things he talks about is that you need structure, but within that structure, have variety. So always have that structure of we're going to sing, we're going to have our Bible lesson, something else, especially if you have a child with autism, you need to have that structure. But then within that structure, you can change it up. How are you teaching the Bible story? Are you starting with an object lesson today? Are you starting with a video next week? You know, try to keep that variety going so that it does help to capture their attention. And then, like you said, just breaking it down for them, Um, especially early elementary children. They are in a knowledge phase of development, which means that they're learning facts and they don't need somebody to try to get them to comprehend the far reaching implications of something. They just, they just need the basic bare facts and that's where they're at. And if we're teaching them those bits of Bible stories versus as much as we can, then that's laying the groundwork for as they get older, then they're going to start putting that together and seeing more and more and understanding how this applies to my life. But at that age, they really just need things to be, simple, but also simple can still be fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. And, and, and so folks, that's where we're going with this. We're, we're trying to come up alongside of each other, come out with a video curriculum, a handout sheet, some recommendations for lessons, really looking at 45 minute to one hour block of time in your churches and your homes, uh, being able to plug into these things and talk about a particular, uh, thing that deals with folks who hurt. You know, kids hurt when parents hurt. Hey, kids feed off of their parents. I mean, you can see it. They just feed off them. And, you know, they go down the road. The parents want them to get out. Oh, this is the greatest guy in the world. Hey, mommy, I think that's the greatest guy in the world. You know, uh, that's the greatest girl. So we feed off of our parents. But to be able to take the word of God, do an expository type of uh, message with kids that it's okay to hurt. It's uh, and, and God gives us answers on how to deal with that hurt. It's a, it's okay to be sad, but God gives us answers on how to have joy in our life. It's okay. And you know, some of these lessons we teach kids, you know, as a junior church pastor, I think I learned more uh, about the word of God than I ever had before. So I really like these concepts that Betsy's talking about here and introducing to us. I'm so thankful for Betsy. If, if you guys don't know Betsy, you don't know how cool Betsy can be. She's a pretty cool cool dude at, and uh, I just want you to know that I really appreciate her and think she's going through, goes to a great church. Now, Betsy, as we close up, you had mentioned a book, I think by Ed Dunlop. Can you go ahead and mention the name of that one more time? Yes. It's called, I can't wait till Sunday morning. 
I can't wait till Sunday morning. Folks, get on Amazon, go grab that from Ed and, and, and see what God has for you in that. We sure do appreciate you folks and love you. If we can do anything for you, make sure you find me at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Plug in the Helpful Wounded Spirits on our Facebook page. And make sure you come back tomorrow. Kevin and I are hopping right back into uh, the 28th proverb and we're cruising. So may God bless you. Listen, listen, wear that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.